Welcome to Beautiful Soul Sunday, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, we want you to be encouraged, uplifted, and strengthened in your faith as you listen to the show today. And we pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your soul. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Gope. Grace and peace, beautiful souls. Rise and shine. It is a beautiful soul Sunday because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is your host, your sister, your auntie, yes, your girl, Dr. Lynn Gobel, is back this week for another dose of the most insight, inspiration, energy, encouragement, and you guessed it, love. That is what I am about to give you a dose of. Listen, I'm just here to release some positive vibes to you wherever you are listening from, your phone, your home, your car, your computer, your television, maybe even your radio this week. So to all of my listeners, I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning into the show nationwide and internationally. I appreciate all of the love and I appreciate you beauties for tuning in. Thank you so much. I am sending love and big hearts right back to you all across the world. I pray that all of you beauties have had an amazing week. I know I've had a pretty good week. It's busy because it is basketball season. We got started late in the season, so we are back in it. But I am so excited and I'm glad that these kids get to be back in their element, back on the court, playing, doing what they love to do. But as a parent, of course, you have to adjust your schedule. And so you're very busy especially if you work for time, but I consider it a good busy. Aside from that, though, you know, I was thinking about something last week. I really feel like the pandemic has crippled a lot of people when it comes to providing good customer service and still doing your job with a spirit of excellence. I mean, it seems like because a lot of people are able to work from home now, they are less caring and less responsible in providing customer service because no one is breathing down your back, which on my job, no one does anyway. So I'm extremely thankful and grateful for that. But when you're not in your office and you are at home with your dog or your cat, you've got a laptop but you're also watching The Price is Right and you're cooking, maybe even cleaning, then running back to your laptop, running back to check your computer to see if anyone has sent you an email. And check this out, okay? Someone will call you at home while you are on the clock. You are supposed to be working, but now because you had to put in a call to them, They have an attitude because you interrupted their day. However, they are supposed to be working. And I think to myself, hello, aren't you still on the clock? And I have made business calls before and I can tell real good when the person that I called is working from home because I can hear their cat in the background and I know that they just put me on hold for like 10 minutes while they finished eating their sandwich. I mean, seriously, it's just frustrating. Or if they tell you that they're going to call you back and they never do. And those people are not about 
to put in the extra effort to make sure they go above and beyond providing you with excellence in their performance by providing good quality customer service. Basically, it's like no one really cares anymore. And that's why I say that the pandemic has really crippled our society. And it has also caused people, not all but some, to have a sense of entitlement to things that they would not normally be entitled to. And I'm just wired differently, I guess. I think because I'm a little bit older and I've worked literally, or I feel a British accent coming on, literally, since I was 12 years old. And, you know, when I was younger, the thing to do was to go roller skating every Saturday night, which was like two or three dollars to go skating on Saturday nights. And my parents were like, we're not going to give you any money to go roller skating. I mean, they didn't have a problem with me going. They just were not going to pay for it. Like they were not going to fund my fun. (laughs) Okay. So to earn my own money, I would go through my neighborhood, knock on my neighbor's doors and ask them if they had any chores for me to do that they would be willing to pay me for. And that's how I made my money in order to go roller skating on Saturday nights. Now, I know that you would not be able to do that now in this day and time, because I know me personally, I'm just not trusting of a lot of people today to allow my child to do something like that. And it's probably not safe to do that now. But years ago, I knew everyone in my neighborhood, all of my neighbors, I knew them pretty well. So it was not like knocking on the door of some crazy person because I thankfully grew up in a neighborhood where everyone watched out for one another. And times have really changed, but being taught to make my own money at an early age, it caused me to develop a strong work ethic. Years ago, generations were culturally different anyway. So this all really has to do with the changing of the age in the generation and in generational gaps. When it comes to generations and the workforce, according to authors from Florida International University, Researchers suggest that baby boomers primarily resonate with loyalty, a strong work ethic, a steady career path, and compensation when it comes to their professional lives. So you would really think that I was a baby boomer. However, I was actually born during the era of Generation X. But in an article entitled, challenges of the work of the future, it is also stressed that millennials working at knowledge-based jobs very often assume personal responsibility in order to make the most of what they do. They are not satisfied with remaining at the same job for a long period of time, which means that their career paths could become more dynamic and less predictable. But findings also suggest that due to social media, 
millennials have developed skills and created a preference for a team-oriented environment. And if you work in corporate America, you know that it's all about team building. So we have the millennials to thank for that. When everyone is working together, you really can build something amazing. And it takes hard work, endurance, fortitude, and it takes an excellent spirit. I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite people in the Bible, who is the only one I've read about that had an excellent spirit. So stay tuned and we will be right back after this brief announcement. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many other podcast platforms. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, beauties, and welcome back to the show. Before the break, I talked about someone in the Bible who had a strong work ethic and he lived an extremely disciplined lifestyle. And that person was Daniel. You are probably most familiar with Daniel because this is the same Daniel who was thrown into the lion's den. The Bible says that Daniel had an excellent spirit which means that he was extremely disciplined and consistent when it came to his prayer life. And he was also disciplined in his eating habits, which is where you will hear people say that they are on a Daniel fast. Being disciplined in his eating habits became a lifestyle for him. And there are several scriptures in the Bible which talk about Daniel having an excellent spirit and I want to share these with you. There is a story actually found in Daniel chapter 5. And aside from focusing on having an excellent spirit, this story in Daniel chapter 5 is also the focal point of the podcast today. In verse 1 of Daniel chapter 5, it says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar tasted the wine and he commanded the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes and wives and his concubines might drink therein. So Belshazzar, who is now the king, he is the son of Nebuchadnezzar, and he is throwing this big party. I mean, they are parlaying and he pulls out some silver and some gold that he really was not supposed to touch. But they brought him the golden vessels. They removed them from the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines all drank out of them. 
and they drank wine. They praised gods of gold and silver and brass and iron, wood and stone. And in the same hour, there came fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster on the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw part of the hand that wrote on the wall. Creepy, right? Well, this is where the expression, the writing on the wall or the handwriting on the wall came from. It comes from this story in the book of Daniel, chapter 5, verses 5 through 31, where King Belshazzar had a feast and in the presence of the king, literally a disembodied hand appears and writes on the wall of the palace. And if you remember, or if you have ever watched the television show, which first aired on television in 1964, The Adams Family, which was actually created by Charles Adams in 1938, who was an American cartoonist. Well, there was a disembodied hand, if you remember, on the show known as, quote unquote, Thing, which was introduced as a character on the show. And every time I watched the show and Thing was featured, it always reminded me of this story in the Bible for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, is because of the disembodied hand, but the other biblical reference, which stands out to me, and there may be more than this one, but when Jesus was born, Scripture tells us in St. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, that an angel answered and said unto her, her being Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So the Son of God was actually called a quote-unquote holy thing, and this thing is also the hand that wrote on the palace wall, which frightened the king when he saw it. And listen, if it was me and I'm sitting in the palace and I just see a hand appear, like just the hand appears and shows up and starts writing on the wall, trust me, I would have been scared too, like really scared because that's just creepy, right? Obviously, this scared the king. It bothered him. He was stressing over this. His I mean, the Bible says that his countenance even changed. So that lets you know how troubled he was over seeing this hand just appear out of nowhere. And they were drinking wine. So one could say or even think that maybe he was hallucinating. But this was very real. The hand of God appeared to send him a message And although he was not able to interpret what the message said, he was not just drunk and hallucinating. This was actually real. And in verse seven, it says the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers and soothsayers, basically fortune tellers. And the king said to them, O wise men of Babylon, whosoever shall read or interpret 
the writing on the wall. I'm going to clothe you in scarlet and I'm going to have gold chains put on your neck and you will be the third ruler of the kingdom, right? Okay, so then came all the king's wise men and they could not read or interpret what was written on the wall. So this troubled the king and the queen came into the banquet house and she said to the king, I can see that you are stressed out over this. Your countenance has changed. There is a man in the kingdom who has the spirit of God and your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him master of the magicians, astrologers and the soothsayers or the fortune tellers. Verse 12 goes on to say, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, he's able to interpret dreams. He is able to dissolve doubts. He's able to take a sentence that you don't understand, much like a riddle, for instance, and he is able to figure it out. In other words, Daniel has the answers that you are looking for and he will be able to interpret the handwriting which is on the wall. So the king, Belshazzar, calls for Daniel to interpret what was written on the wall. And when Daniel came to him, he wanted to make sure that he had the right cat, right? So he said to him, are you that Daniel? Are you the one my father appointed to be over the other astrologers in the kingdom? And he said to him, yeah, I heard about you, that the spirit of God is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in you. And he said to him, I have had the other astrologers and fortune tellers in the kingdom to come to me. No one is able to interpret the writing on the wall. Are you able to interpret what it says? Can you show me this thing? And I heard that you can make interpretations, you can dissolve doubts. And I want to know now, can you read the writing that is on the wall? Are you able to interpret this for me? Because if you are, I'm going to clothe you in scarlet. I'm going to put a gold chain on your neck and I'm going to make you the third ruler in the kingdom. So Daniel answered the king and he said, listen, keep your gifts, give it to someone else. I will read the writing on the wall and I will interpret this for you. And he even says to him, you know, O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations and languages trembled and feared before him whom he would set up and whom he would also keep alive. But let me tell you about your father. Your father got lifted up in pride. He was haughty. He was high minded and he took glory for himself. So he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made like the beasts and his dwelling was with the wild animals. He ate grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. He basically lost his mind 
and God caused him to become like a wild animal. Not only did he look like a wild animal, but he also behaved like a wild animal. I mean, he was out there grazing with the oxen, eating grass as a man, but he was eating grass like an animal or a beast. And the Bible also talks about how his fingernails grew like an eagle's claws. So he also looked like an animal and God caused this to happen from where he was so high minded, he became extremely low until he realized that God is the only one who is lifted up. He is the one who rules, who super rules, and he rules in this kingdom over men. Although you are appointed over them, God said to him, I am the one who still rules over them. And listen, that is the reason why as a leader, you cannot become so haughty in your spirit, so high minded, so lifted up in pride that you forget that when God has placed you over a congregation of people, that God is still in control and he is the one who actually rules over them. And this is what God had to remind King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, you were appointed over them, but guess what? I'm the one who actually rules over them. And if we fast forward to verse 22 of Daniel chapter five, Daniel is saying to King Belshazzar, you are like your father because you have not humbled your heart and you knew all of this. You knew what your father did, yet you are still acting just like your daddy. You have a spirit of pride, just like him. You have lifted yourself up against the heavens and brought the vessels which were designated for the house of God. You took those, removed them, brought them to your house, gave them to your lords, your wives, your concubines, and you drank out of them. And you praised the gods of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood, stone. You praised every god but the only true and living God. And he said to him, do you not know whose breath is in your body? That is the one you should be glorifying. And this is the reason why the hand was sent to write a message to you on the palace wall. And this is what it says. Mene, mene, tikal, paraz. I mean, God wrote it in tongues, didn't he? But now this is what Daniel said. He was basically like, you've got all of these people up in here and none of them are able to interpret what God is saying to you. You are worshiping these other gods. You're giving them credit, yet they are not able to tell you what the message says. What that means is you have to rely on the only true and living God to give you the translation. Oh, my God. And Daniel said to him, this is what the handwriting on the wall means. God has your days numbered in the kingdom. You are weighed in the balances right now. The kingdom is divided. And God said, I am about to strip it from you. And do you not know that night King Belshazzar was killed and the kingdom was given to someone else? Listen, Having a spirit of pride and not a spirit of excellence can strip you of what God has lined up for the purpose and the plan for your life. And here is what I want to say. The outcome for the king 
of the prophecy from the handwriting on the wall wasn't in the king's favor. However, it did come as a warning to him. But unfortunately, by the time he saw the handwriting on the wall, it was too late for him. And, you know, that reminds me of something that my pastor used to say when I was growing up, Bishop Moore. He used to always say, there is nothing worse than hearing these two words, too late. But this is what I want to leave with you today, which is the message that I believe God wants me to share with you. When something is written out for you, what that means is that it's not even anything you have to figure out. God has made it plain for you to see with your own eyes. So pay attention to the writing on the wall. Pay attention to the message God is giving you. Don't ignore the handwriting on the wall or the obvious reasons when God sends you a sign about something, even something that you have been praying for. When there is handwriting on the wall, what that means is that God has made it plain for you and you don't even have to figure it out. There are messages, signs, even warnings that God will send you whenever you have to make a decision, whenever you need guidance, directions, or instructions. God has every answer to your problem. And when he gives you the answer that you are looking for, whether it is an answer you want to hear or not, such as stay away from this person, don't marry that person, don't go here, stay home today, I want you to pray, I want you to fast. Whatever God is telling you, whatever the signs are, which he sends you, pay close attention to the voice of the Lord and listen to what God is telling you or listen to that check that you get in your spirit when you know that something is off and you shouldn't do something, but you do it anyway. And then you later find out that it was God who was ultimately trying to tell you not to do that, not to go there, not to make that decision. This person is not good for you. God is simply saying, pay attention to the signs, pay attention to the handwriting on the wall. Basically, that is an analogy for I am making it plain to you. I have written it out. I have shown you in big, bold letters and given you a sign. The writing is on the wall. So pay attention when you see the signs, because I've made it plain. And, you know, there is a scripture that says, write the vision and make it plain. Well, what I want you to focus on is wherever something is written, what that means is that it has been made plain for you. And you know what? The other thing is that the fact that it was written on the wall, it was there not only for the person who was supposed to receive the message to see, but it was also placed there for everyone else to see. So make sure that you pay attention to the handwriting on the wall, stay humble, and also make it a priority to have an excellent spirit, just like Daniel. Daniel chapter six, verse three It says, Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And that is when the king thought to set him over the entire ram of the kingdom. It is because of his excellent spirit. 
And the same is encouraged for us. Out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 27, it says, He that has knowledge spares his words or refrains from speaking, and a man of understanding who is skillful and has wisdom is a man of an excellent spirit. Do you know how Daniel was able to interpret the writing on the wall? By spending time with God, by fasting, by praying. This is how you can develop an excellent spirit. And this is how you will be able to see what God is trying to tell you when you need answers. So spend time with the Lord. And, you know, this is something that I always say from week to week. I always try to encourage you to feast on the word of God. And you know what? The handwriting is not on the wall, but it is in the word of God. So read the word of God. And I promise you, you will find your answer. God will give you the interpretation for the answers that you need. The handwriting is on the wall. Or let me say it like this. The handwriting is in the word of God. Before I end the show today, I want to leave you with a quote, which is a Lynn Goble original. Remember this, everything which has ever been written comes or carries a set of instructions. Listen, beauties, that is my time. Don't forget to spend time with God this week because he's going to make some things plain to you. So pay attention to the writing on the wall, which is written in the word of God. So keep feasting on the word of God. Be intentional to be a blessing to someone else. Stay positive, stay healthy, body, soul, and spirit. Be kind, always keep a beautiful mind, and never forget who God called you to be, purposed you to be, and created you to be. And that is a beautiful, dope soul. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to Beautiful Soul Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Also, follow Beautiful Soul Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at beautifulsoulsunday.com. Until next time, blessings, grace, and peace be multiplied.